0: Hey, this week we had the MLB draft. It is the ideal time to subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects. They're covering every future star in baseball. Host Aaron Lighton brings you player interviews, farm system breakdowns every day. Subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all the Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully on today's episode, which is being dropped on Bastille Day. Don't eat cake and don't lose your head on Bastille Day, which is the 14th day of July, 2021. We're going to review the All-Star Game off the field, on the field, some thoughts, and most of my thoughts are pretty positive. I think it was a fun night of baseball, and it was a fun night of pageantry. This was the most positive I've felt about the All-Star Game in a long time. And I also take a look at who is in line to winning awards, as we're getting into the second part of the season. We're a little bit past the halfway mark. This show is available on the free and easy to use Odyssey app. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're home or in your car and you have a smart device, tell it to play podcast Locked On MLB or check out some of the other great shows of the Locked Podcast Network, including Locked On Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. You can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods. It is the same handle for Instagram, I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. That was fun. You know, I could be cynical about the All-Star Game, and I've been critical of the All-Star Game. I still think it should start the year, but do you know what? It doesn't yet. It's in the middle of the season, and it was a fun celebration of the game. I thought it was lovely that they had Henry Aaron's widow come out and they presented a painting gave her a wonderful standing ovation and that was great. Henry Aaron was one of the great figures in American sports history and anytime you can celebrate someone like that uh, you know there are not many people like that to celebrate and so I think that was wonderful when they did that I got a little little lump in my throat when I saw that and uh, by the way I also wanted to say, A quick shout out to Sean Foreman, who is the creator of BaseballReference.com, the single greatest website in the history of the planet Earth. And he has a nice following. Everyone who follows BaseballReference.com follows him. And he retweeted my in memoriam video that I made for the beginning of the year. It used to be an all-star game tradition for your pal, Sully. And then when... The pandemic season started last year. I had it for the beginning of the year, and I just decided that's, we're just gonna change. We're gonna start the year with the in memoriam to celebrate everyone who passed away since the last season began. But I used to play it in the all-star game, and he tweeted out the, and he said, MLB should ask Fox to run this during the seventh inning commercial break. and my in-memoriam video that I created on the 1st of April and so thanks Sean I appreciate that I'm all, I'm proud of that video it meant a lot and it was the longest one because we had the most death, uh including Henry Aaron including Joe Morgan and Tom Seaver and Phil Necro and Whitey Ford and Tommy Lasorda and my dad so thanks I, I really do appreciate the shout out there and for and I saw there was a bump in people who were watching that I said oh wow but anyway, the, the pageantry was fun. And I liked a lot of the things that that they were doing. I saw a bunch of it, but I was listening to the radio and I thought it ESPN radio did a great job. I watched the clips when I came back, and I gotta tell you, I like micing up the players. I'm for it. I'm absolutely for it. If you have a couple players that the announcers can talk to. There's plenty of downtime in baseball. During a pitching change, during in-between during in points, if there's something happening, you could sort of talk to someone from on the field and get to know them and and try to have someone with either, either a sense of humor or a sense of theatricality or, or some sort of broadcast savvy. I think it's cool when they do that. You're not going to mic the catcher up. You're not going to mic the pitcher up. But if you're in right field, you're sitting there, go say something to him. Or I loved it when uh, Vladdy Guerrero hit the home run and he passed Fernando Tatis Jr. And they both yelled something in Spanish to each other because Tatis Jr. was mic'd up. Remember, Vlad Guerrero... Jr. and Fernando Tatis Jr. knew each other when they were kids because Vladimir Guerrero and Fernando Tatis were teammates in Montreal. And so I'm sure the players' kids get together. So now here are two of the players' kids playing in the All Star game. I think that's remarkable. And both of them are MVP candidates this year. I'll get to that later. I thought it was fun. A lot of fun things happened. And the My favorite part of the All-Star Game is not necessarily the game. I'm going to talk a little bit about the game in the second segment for today. But my favorite part of the All-Star Game, and I mentioned this the other day, they have All-Star Games on YouTube, entire All-Star Games. I don't ever remember watching any All-Star Game on YouTube from beginning to end. But I love when they all line up. All the players are lined up and they tip their hat. And they did that again last night. That's my favorite part. And you have some moments that, you know, you hear some people will boo, especially in a Colorado crowd, a bunch of the Dodgers got booed. Uh, Nolan Arenado several times got a gigantic hand because this was a guy who was a superstar in Colorado. He signed a long-term deal to stay in Colorado. He wanted to be a Rocky for life. And then he saw the management lost their damn mind And he said, no, I'm not going to be here for this. And they traded him. And I have a feeling that if Arenado had his druthers, he would be like Todd Helton and be a Rocky for life. But he also didn't want to play for a management that was just universally considered to be one of the looniest in all of Major League Baseball. But the crowd at Denver just was really great three times I think they gave him a standing ovation I thought that was really terrific I also love Bo Bichette the all-star for the Toronto Blue Jays the Toronto Buffalo Blue Jays got a huge ovation as his father Dante Bichette was a big star and a beloved star for the Colorado Rockies during their Blake Street bomber days of the 1990s there's so many second-generation All-Stars out here. It was really fun to see that. Now, there was something I thought I was going to hate. I thought I was going to hate the All-Star uniforms. When I saw them being displayed, I thought, oh, that stinks. I didn't like the design. You know, have the maybe have the script American League, National League across the chest, but it just looked weird. And I also felt that one of the things that I always enjoyed about the pageantry of the players being introduced and tipping their cap was seeing all the different uniforms, seeing all of them wearing their unis. And you got an A's player next to a Rangers player next to the Yankee pinstripes next to the Red Sox, you know, piping down the front, and then the the Cardinals bats on the bird and the craziness that would be the Padres uniforms are all lined up. And you could see when you go through the different years of all-star games, how some of the uniforms are different. Oh, they, the A's wore that uniform. Oh, the, the Braves wore this one. And to have the all-stars wearing uniform uniforms, at first I thought I was going to hate it. And I'm going to say something. And the, the, the American League had the dark tops and the dark bottoms so they look like they were the national team of Lithuania or something like that but a strange thing happened when I saw the introductions and everything like that I didn't mind it I did not mind it I thought it looked pretty cool it looked like when you see some classic photos of like Babe Ruth when he was barnstorming with Lou Gehrig and they weren't wearing their Yankee uniforms and it was the Bustin' Babes and the larp and Lou's and everything. It was like, that feels pretty cool. This feels like a barnstorming game. It feels like this pizza place is taking on that pizza place. It had a different feel, it was different. And while I do miss the pageantry of them all in their different uniforms, The uniforms in practice were not as bad as they were as when they were holding it up. It's kind of like the Giants uniforms that got killed, the sort of the misty cloud giant uniforms in orange. But when they were wearing them, I thought, those don't look bad. I just wish they didn't do the little cloud thing on the back. But they were better in person. And I'll tell you something. Here's the thing that really turned me around about having the uniform uniforms and the All-Star Game uniforms. Eduardo Escobar. You didn't expect that name to come out, did you? Eduardo Escobar, infielder for the Arizona Diamondbacks, who will probably be traded to a contender, maybe to the Mets, maybe to the White Sox. He's a good player. Obviously, he made the all-star team and would help the White Sox or the Mets or whatever team needs to solidify their infield. Why am I bringing up Eduardo Escobar in terms of the Uniform. Let me tell you why. Diamondbacks uniforms stink. They've always stunk. The next good Diamondbacks uniform will be the first good Diamondbacks uniform. You have that little funky A they wore when they won the World Series. It was kind of cool, but it was mainly cool because it was such a great World Series. I, I never liked any uniform that the Diamondbacks wore. Ever. Until... I saw Eduardo Escobar wearing his all-star game Jersey with that little stripe down there, the little a and the hat with a star around, around the a, and I was looking at it go like, that's it. That's the uni. That uniform looks better than any Diamondbacks uniform I've ever seen. And it looked pretty good. He wore it well. Who knows, he might be traded by the time I post this podcast, but I'll be darned. So I have to say, it's my favorite thing to happen when I come into something with either a little amount of cynicism or hesitation and wind up liking something. And that's what I had with the All-Star Game uniforms. And also, there's a couple of the the All-Star Game hat variations that I thought worked really well, especially the Texas Rangers hat with a T, with a star around it, has a little bit of that mm, Texas feel to it. I'm in. I'm in. It worked. It worked. The pageantry, the All-Star Game, the celebration of baseball, which is what it is, is on full display. And it was a fun night. And the fun of baseball and the international flavor of baseball made the game feel really healthy last night. And do you know what? That's not a bad thing. And what also isn't a bad thing is Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long cut and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Loaded Chew is made with all food grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available. Fully Loaded Shoe is offering Locked On MLB listeners a f- special offer. Right now, you can try a can for just $1. That's right, just $1. Go to FullyLoadedShoe.com. Use promo code Locked On. Just $1 in free shipping if you use the code On at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Shoe. This episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. You know, with all the increasing makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain store to be stocked up with everything that you need. And you're going to have to endure all these pointless questions. Sometimes they're intimidating while a person's behind the counter tapping on the computer. Why do you need that? You've got a computer. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and the prices are reliably low for every customer. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need are at rockauto.com. Let's talk about the game a little bit. I stand by my rule change, which is if you are the starting pitcher of the All-Star game, you have to face the first nine batters. You have to, because that's part of the appeal. You have the best pitcher facing the best lineup. Now, yesterday, it was a huge deal that Shohei Otani was the leadoff batter, the pitcher, and the designated hitter. Uh, we never thought we were going to see anything like that. And Otani came out and he threw 14 pitches to get a 1 2 3 top of the first against the National League. And then that was it. Otani, Lynn, Gibson, Yavaldi, Soto, Bassett, Kittredge, Barnes, and Hendricks all threw one inning. Now, thankfully, nobody was brought in in mid-inning. There was no mid-inning pitching replacements. The National League, there was a pitching replacement when Melanson was relieved by Reyes, and then the ninth, they squeezed in Kimbrell and Wheeler, we wanted to give Wheeler a chance to get an appearance in the All-Star game. That's great, but Corbin Burns was the only pitcher to throw two innings. Scherzer pitched a first inning scoreless first, Otani scored scoreless first, and that was it. And... I'm sorry, I'm not saying to go out there and have him throw 140 pitches, but face the first nine batters, face them. Or have Otani come in as a reliever. I don't know, do something. Because all the hype was about Otani is starting and he faced Tatis, Muncy, and Arenado. And then that's it. And it kind of goes against the... Sensation of wanting to hype up the matchup of these pitchers. I, I, again, there, there, there has to be a, a midway between having his arm blown out and <laughs> facing three batters and calling it a night. You know, there's something to be done with that. And also the fact that, you know, most of the big stars that we want to see are long gone by the time the game is over. You had, by the time the game was over, the National League had Turner. Escobar, Cronworth, Soto, Bryant, Navarez, Taylor, and Albies on the field. Albeit every player I just mentioned was a good solid player, but I'd like to see Tatis maybe get a chance to get a late inning hit. I'd like to see maybe in the American League, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. get a shot late in the game, or Judge, or you know, Salvador Perez for that matter. I understand that you're trying to rotate players in but part of it is an all-star game you want to see all the stars i think that when you have the fan vote you should have the vote to start and the vote to finish who do you want to see at the game at the end there is no chance to have seen a player like vladdy guerrero jr or aaron judge or Fernando tatis to or nolan arenado for that matter to hit a walk-off home run in the All-Star Game because they're all gone at that point. They've taken a shower and they're they're eating the taquitos from the post-game spread. I just assume they have taquitos there. So I, that's something I think needs to be adjusted to be able to see some of the big stars in there longer. You know, I want to see. You know, Ted Williams hit a walk-off home run in an all-star game we're probably not going to see that dave winfield played every inning of an extra inning all-star game that was played in oakland in 1987 we're probably not going to see that again roger clemens pitched three innings to start the 1986 all-star game wouldn't mind seeing that again would not mind seeing that again but other things happened i mean i mentioned the Vladdy guerrero home run and him Going past and uh saying something to Fernando Tatis. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. really owned the night. You know, I know he was the, the all-star game MVP. And I I get that, but it also it, it was more than that. It was the fact that he had that flair of the dramatic, you know, yelling the thing in Spanish to uh Fernando Tatis Jr. when he rounded second base. But the other thing is that he had a line drive that just missed the head of Max Scherzer in the first inning. I have to check it was the first inning. Scherzer only pitched the first inning. And Vladi came over to gave him a hug after hitting it, as if to say, man, I'm sorry. You know I wasn't trying to do that. And that was reminiscent, I think, of when Tori Hunter caught a ball that Bonds hit in the All-Star game, the, the infamous tie All-Star game, of 2002 when Torrey Hunter robbed Bonds of a home run and then Bonds ran over to kind of pick him up and put him over his shoulder you know that sort of thing that sort of camaraderie is fun and you know what I like camaraderie I like fun I like seeing them Josh I like seeing a player kind of laughing with another player at first base you know I, I like that more than the sort of Phony! Oh, we hate each other. We're going to punch each other in the face. That's boring. I want to have it be fun, and those are a couple of the truly fun moments of the game that I that I found to be really, for the lack of a better word, intriguing as a fan. Uh, it was a good day for catchers in the All Star Game. Rio Muto is. I'm, I'm always saying his name. Rio Muto. Rio Muto. Rio on ice hit a home run for the national league Sonino hit a home run for the uh, american league and so it was a good day for catchers bogart's got a pair of hits for the you know red sox drove in a run and you know it was a it was an all-around it was a fun night and the main really great moment of the game was an angel shown in the game that was not Ohtani and wasn't Trout who was injured. It was Jared Walsh. Jared Walsh made a sliding catch that probably if he didn't make that catch or if it bounced past him, or if he didn't make the play, if he didn't make the catch at all, it certainly would have scored a run would have prolonged the rally. But if he slid and didn't make that catch, it probably would have gone all the way to the wall and tied the game. And it's Coors Field. So anytime you can cut a rally short, you know a team can score two, three, four runs quickly at Coors Field. And you know all the hitters are good. It's an all-star game. So Walsh's catch was really in some ways the play of the game. It wasn't a great game, but it was a fun game. It was a game where you felt that the National League was many times just one swing away from really making it in a ball game. So it wasn't a nail-biter. You know, it wasn't a you know, wringing your hands together, you, oh, Are they going to pull this out. But it was well played. And every, there were contributions from players that were not necessarily the biggest stars, but got some big hits. And do you know what? Fun night of baseball was had by all. It was a great celebration of the game off the field. And the play itself was not bad. Now, in some ways, you got to wonder, does anyone really care about the outcome of, you know, because the whole rivalry between the leagues doesn't exist anymore and the whole home field advantage of the World Series is not a factor anymore. You know who I really feel badly for is someone who bets on that game. If you bet on that game, what are you doing? What are you basing that on? The starting pitchers, they're out in the first. It's a, str- it's a strange thing, but you know, someone did bet on it. And if they did, I bet they went to bet online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You know, we're about to hit the second part of the baseball season, the NBA finals still going on and we're going to see what happens. Will it be the Bucks? Will it be the Suns? UFC MMA action is out there too. For the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use the mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is your online sportsbook expert. Promo code LOCKEDON. So the second half of the season about to start, let's take a look at my predictions I made at the beginning of the year and compare them to reality right now. I said for the AL MVP, I wrote other than Mike Trout. I said Matt Chapman of the Oakland A's. Little did I know that not only would Mike Trout be injured for a big chunk of the season, But there would indeed be an MVP coming out of Anaheim, but it would not be Trout. It would be Shohei Ohtani. And Ohtani has to be the MVP of the American League, not just because he's putting up huge numbers offensively. Keep in mind, he's probably going to steal 20 bases along the way as well. But he's also a good pitcher. Is he a great pitcher? Is he in the Cy Young conversation? No, but his inclusion in the all-star game as a pitcher wasn't looked on as a disgrace. It was looked upon as, Hey, that makes sense. And so the fact that he could be a valuable player as both a pitcher and as a hitter makes it. So you have to include him. And the fact that trout has going to miss probably half the season at least, and the angels are still kind of in it, not, really that close in it but it's not going to take that much to get him back in it that's a testament to what Shohei Ohtani has done now Chapman is still having a good year and everything Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers should be getting MVP consideration for the Red Sox so should Correa so should Marcus Simeon of the Blue Jays now my pick to win the National League MVP was Ronald Acuna Jr and you know what he would be right in the mix He would be right in the mix for MVP consideration if he didn't have a season-ending injury. I also thought the Braves were going to be a great team. Now, as of right now, I think Fernando Tatis Jr. is a pretty solid choice to win the MVP of the National League. In terms of the American League Cy Young Award, I said Garrett Cole. And you know what? He can still do it. If he's going to pitch like the pitcher who did his final game against Houston before the all-star break, that's the pitcher I thought was going to be in there. For the first, about third of the season, he looked like the Cy Young winner. And then we removed the sticky stuff and he had some pretty terrible starts. And people started wondering, is it all just the sticky stuff? Well, he's also had some very good starts without the sticky stuff, including the masterpiece in Houston. So he's still very much in the running. If he has a good second half, and boy, do the Yankees need him to have a good second half. But you have a pair of pitchers for the White Sox, Lance Lynn and Carlos Rodon, who are going to get consideration. Right now, I'm leaning towards Kyle Gibson of the Rangers, which is amazing because the person who right now I would give the American League Cy Young Award to is a trade chip. Talk about someone who's going to bring some value to the Rangers. There you go. It could very well be Lance Lynn, Rondon, Gibson, Cole. They're all considerations right now. I'm leaning towards Gibson right now. It'd be really interesting to see where Gibson lands as a trade chip in the National League. I don't think there's any question who the National League Cy Young Award. It's Jacob Degrom. Jacob Degrom is just having a phenomenal season, and the Mets would be so lost without him, and they permanently put in first place since they've been in first place by themselves certainly since Memorial Day and DeGrom is a huge huge reason for that I mean there's not a statistical category you can point to where DeGrom isn't outstanding it's funny the Rangers are having a bad year and yet they have the front runner for the Cy Young Award and the rookie of the year and Adolis Garcia was someone who was DFA'd he was put on waivers, and anyone could have picked him up during spring training, and nobody did. And he slipped through the cracks, went to the minors, came back up, and is having a fantastic season, as he's already has 22 home runs, and he also has eight stolen bases. He could wind up being a twenty twenty man as well, and is giving the Rangers a nice boost and very good offense in a season that has been lost. Now, the Rookie of the Year for the National League I think is also pretty solid. All due respect to Ian Anderson of Atlanta and Jonathan India of Cincinnati, both who are solid rookies, it's Trevor Rogers. Trevor Rogers is pitching very, very well for the Miami Marlins, thank you very much. And when you think about the Marlins have Sandy Alcantara, who's pitched very well this year. Pablo Lopez has pitched very well this year. If they can solidify a little more in their lineup and the fact that the marlins have a very good run differential and they're losing tons of one-run games the marlins need to acquire a bullpen ace and one bat and do you know what they could sneak up into the world of contention this year and with this pitching staff be very very good for next year it could be very interesting now, the AL, my, my pick, by the way, for the Cy Young Award was DeGrom and Cole. So I, those could wind up being right. My AL Rookie of the Year pick this year was Andrew Vaughn of the Chicago White Sox, who got off to a terrible start but has turned into a pretty productive hitter since then. And my pick for National League Rookie of the Year was Cabrian Hayes, who has played for Pittsburgh and has weathered some injuries that have derailed his Rookie of the Year candidacy. The American League Manager of the Year, I I picked Bob Melvin because I always pick Bob Melvin and he still is having a AL Manager of the Year worthy season this year. Kind of have to give to Alex Cora because the Red Sox were a great team with him and there was some cheating going on. And then last year during his the suspension, they did Piddly Poo with Renicky And this year... He's back. Cora's back. The Red Sox are one of the best teams in the American League, and they're doing it without sale. They're not getting a great year out of Eduardo Rodriguez. They've had a bunch of injuries, and the team seems to be playing super aggressive baseball and super smart baseball, and they're not giving away games stupidly. And Barnes has developed into a all-star closer, and a lot of things have happened in a positive way for the Red Sox. I would certainly put a lot of votes his way. I still think Cash and Melvin are two of the best managers of baseball. And gotta give credit to Dusty Baker. Dusty Baker is doing this with a ton of injuries in his pitching staff. And the Astros have shot back in the first place. So it's gonna come down to Cora or Baker, I think probably, unless the A's go on the aft thrusters and win the division. The National League Manager of the Year, you can make a huge argument for Gabe Kapler because the Giants are somehow in first place with spare parts and two of the best teams in baseball. You can make a big case for Craig Council, who has the Brewers in a division which was not expected to be theirs, and they seem to be in the driver's seat. I personally would give it to Luis Rojas of the Mets when you think of all the things that have gone wrong with the Mets this year in terms of injuries, in terms of slumping players and with the people shining a spotlight on him to say, you're not even the manager we wanted. We wanted Carlos Beltran. You're just here with new management and a guillotine over your head to say, you are not going to win here. You are not our long-term solution. We're going to look at other managers and you're in a division where the Braves and the Marlins were both playoff teams last year. And you have the Phillies with a ton of talent and the Nationals have a ton of talent and the Mets have had so many things go wrong. And yet here they are in first place and are in very good position to win the National League East. Granted, he has DeGrom, but he's had tons of injuries. He hasn't had Syndergaard all year. You know, he's had, you know, Stroman's been injured. They've had completely inconsistent offense. And yet the Mets have consistently won all year long. So I know I'm supposed to say Kapler or maybe counsel. I'm voting for Luis Rojas. Now, I had said the first manager to be fired was going to be Brandon Hyde. In the American League and the National League, it was going to be Bud Black. They both have their jobs right now. I don't know if anyone's going to get fired. Boone did everything he could to get himself fired. It would be interesting to see if there are some of those firings that take place like in mid to late September, when a team decides it's time to make a change and they ask the manager, say, look, we're going to make a change. Do you want to finish out the season or do you just want to go now? and that may be the case for someone like bud black or brandon hyde i would like to see the rockies get rid of bud black because i think bud black would be a good manager for a contending team and i'd like to get him out of the purgatory that is the colorado rockies i think that would be a mercy firing for the rockies so there you go we're going to start talking tomorrow about the second half of the season and the red sox yankees resuming their fight so Fun All-Star game. All-Star break is over. No games are being played today. So go to the free and easy to use Odyssey app and check us out on Twitter at Lockdown MLB Pods. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Think positive about the All-Star game and take a look at the second half. This has been Locked On MLB for the 14th day of July 2021. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts.